Hi, Eric Asher here with my good friend Mike Delahousie, the TikTok Cafe. What'd you say, Eric? Hey, Mike, you know what my prescription medication the TikTok Cafe have in common? What's that? They cause drowsiness, dizziness, nausea, cramps, diarrhea, blurred vision, muscle aches, gas, heartburn, upset stomach, constipation, weight changes, decreased sex drive, impudence, dry mouth, ringing in the ears, depression. Oh, yeah, and suicidal thoughts. It's the TikTok Cafe. Causeway I-10 in Metairie. Inside New Orleans, I'm your host, Eric Asher, 106.1 FM Nash Icon on your radio dial, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app. And when that guy said, the truth will set you free, NashFM1061.com and EricAsher.com, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram. Those are our um, social media platforms. And, of course, uh, don't forget about our podcast because our podcast is everywhere. Anchor's our home base. We're on all podcasting platforms. Hey, man, had a great show on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports today uh, with uh, Garland Gillen and Richie Mills. Who knew these two guys would be a great combination? I was hoping they were. They were fantastic. High school football, UNO football, LSU, Tulane, Saints football, and Pelicans were all on tap today. We got it all in. 
And uh, they did a great job. Check us out tonight at 6 o'clock on LAE, 10 o'clock on The Deuce, 9 o'clock tomorrow night on Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on LAE, Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on The Deuce, Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. All right, uh, today on the program, uh, we've got Gary Smith coming up at 4.15, Ross Jackson coming up at 4.35, Ali Gassell at 5.15, and Jordy Collada at 5.35. So we got a full show for you. And, of course, today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Uh, how are you going to do any better? Come on. Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, and Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Uh, open late. When I say late, open again to 1 a.m. Serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Come on in and grab, again, a fantastic meal. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest. Of course, uh, two Bourbon Street balconies uh, with adjoining private rooms to have your next event. Also, again, extraordinary cocktails by some of the greatest mixologists in the city. And, uh, yeah, you're right. You can also enjoy your meal with those big picture windows overlooking Bourbon Street, but also toward the back of the restaurant, an authentic uh, New Orleans uh, French Quarter courtyard. Beautiful by day, spectacular by night. Yeah, you got to love uh, our friends over at Old New Orleans Cookery. Remember, if you want to find out more, it's nolacookery.com. You can find out again how to have your next event. Check out the entire menu there. And uh, so you kind of know what you're getting into before you go. You start picking out your favorite items. And uh, I'm telling you, folks, you'll have a great time and a great meal over at Old New Orleans Cookery. Tell you what, we had a little technical issue right now. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back uh, with Gary Smith uh, talking Tulane Athletics. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. Uh, Don't move. Hi, this is Ken Trahan. The Three Tailgater Show is a Saturday morning tradition on 1061 Nash Icon. Tune in every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to noon with my partner Ed Daniels of WGNO and WNOL to join me to talk sports with you every single week with your calls as well. The Three Tailgater Show, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon on 1061 Nash Icon. This report is sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. This fall, there are updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against recent Omicron variants. If it's been at least two months since your primary series or booster, schedule your updated COVID-19 booster dose at vaccines.gov. Look out for delays solid 10 westbound at Clearview. Also in the meantime, look out for delays on 10 eastbound from just past Elysian Fields to the high rise. Also on the 610 on the westbound side, your delays are steady from St. Bernard to the 10610 merge. If you're traveling eastbound along the West Bank Expressway in the Crescent City Connection, your delays are solid from Stumpf Boulevard to the Camp Street exit. Also look out for delays if you're traveling along the westbound side of the West Bank Expressway from just past Ames Boulevard to Avondale. In the meantime, look out for accidents. General de Gaulle at Lennox Boulevard, also veterans at Fleur de Lis, and also an accident Woodland Drive at Tullis Drive, and school zones are in effect. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher. Thanks so much for your patience as we are back. Uh, as I mentioned, great show for you today. Um, Gary Smith, followed by uh, Ross Jackson, followed by Alec Cassell, followed by Jordy Collada on this Thursday. 
Well, some really, I don't want to say, it's, there's no good news, uh, you know, so, to report so far. Okay, today Michael Thomas was, uh, was put on IR. He has a dislocated second toe. He's out for the season. Now, remember Jimmy Detail Smith uh, from Tiger Details told us on Tuesday uh, that he had a Liz Frank injury. And uh, when, we, when he said that, automatically you figured eventually he was going on IR. I just don't know how he didn't go on IR before this. I mean, it's just a, a waste of, 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 a, of a roster spot. Uh, but, again, um, let's face it, Michael Thomas has become injury prone. And, and he's got, a, and again, injury prone with a high cap number, okay? And, that, and also a high dead cap number, <laughs> which means now the Saints, for the Saints, Michael Thomas is officially an albatross around the neck of the Saints cap. Period. The end. He's an albatross now. He was once an asset, now he's an albatross. That, that contract is an albatross. His body's breaking down, or maybe he doesn't have the, the high tolerance for pain that allowed him to play through injury uh, before he got paid. At that, at that time, the highest um, uh, contract for a wide receiver in the history of the NFL. But um, it's just bad news for the future of this team, uh, especially the cap hell they're in right now. We've been talking about this program for weeks now. Uh, the issues they're going to have in this offseason are already $50 million, uh, over the cap. And, of course, not a lot of veteran players to be able to go in and restructure their deals to be able to open up cap room. Uh, and there's going to be some, some veterans that are going to get cut, okay, uh, and maybe, some again, some young players who are not really costing a lot uh, that maybe have some upside that they have to walk away from at the end of the season because of the cap situation. So they are literally in cap hell, and this doesn't help the situation when, again, one of your highest paid, if not the highest paid player on your, on your roster, and I believe he is the highest paid player on the roster right now, uh, is in a situation where he hasn't played in three years. I mean, this is the third year. I mean, yeah, he came in, he played well against Atlanta, and then, uh, you know, Carolina, he's gone. We haven't seen him since. So, um, again, uh, they're stuck with a lemon uh, until, again, he decides football means something to him again or he can learn how to play through injury. It's one or the other. And um, if it's a Liz Frank-type injury, uh, I cannot fault the guy because that is hard to come back from. Remember, we were talking about uh, Taysom Hill in the offseason. If he was going to have to deal with that, again, how was he going to be able to come back from that? Taysom Hill, is, it, again, his talents were pain, his love for the game. He plays for injuries. Michael Thomas has not done that, again, since, again, he, he broke the record. Uh, was 149 receptions in a, in a season. Uh, since then, uh, again, it's been all downhill for Michael Thomas, and he's taken the Saints with him uh, because of, again, his, his, uh, his large contract, which, again, he deserved at the time. There's no doubt about it. The Saints paid him. He deserved it. But, again, he has not uh, – and they paid him for what he had did previously. Most of the times you're paying for, again, what, what you hope he's going to do in the future. He's done nothing with this team over the last three years except, again, collect a paycheck and, uh, and of course, uh, again, send him a, a bunch of medical bills. So really bad news there. But, again, this team is really rounding, uh, again, as far as the uh, – hopefully, again, first Jarvis Landry will be back. Remember, again, Jimmy Details told us it was torn ligaments for him. Uh, there was at least uh, talk this week. Jeff Duncan reported that Adam Troutman and, and uh, Jarvis Landry are close to coming back, so hopefully those two guys will be back and can add another dimension to, to the offense. Uh, last night, absolutely an embarrassment, an absolute embarrassment, okay? Uh, this is not the Los Angeles Lakers of the past. This is an old – team it's gar- it's a garbage team okay they are not good they are not good and the Pels are now four and three after losing to the to the Lakers in overtime last night 120 to 117 I mean seriously uh, they got they, they spent what three days in Los Angeles they beat the Clippers were a much better team than the Lakers on Sunday uh, at that 2 p.m. tip off our time right 
And then, of course, uh, Willie Green gave them a couple days off. They came back and had a hard practice yesterday, supposedly, and to try to get ready. I'm sorry, hard practice today on, on Tuesday to try to get ready for the game on Wednesday. I mean, it's almost as if, again, they were out partying at the nightclubs in, in Los Angeles or smoking the legal bud out in California because that's the way they came out, okay? Lethargic, okay? And, uh, I mean, you know, who knows? Uh, there was no defensive intensity, uh, too much one-on-one basketball. The, again, on the offensive side, on the defense, again, just the, 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 uh, because of the, of the lack of defense, it affected, again, their ability to run and get easy baskets. I love Zion Williamson, but again, that is not Pelicans basketball. Take the ball and then try to ram it down the down the, the throats of the Lakers going to the rim. This team is at its best when they are moving the basketball, giving up good shots for great shots. And everybody turned around, turned around and, and became spectators watching Zion Williamson work in the paint. That that ain't gonna work. Okay? That ain't gonna work. That's not how this team is built. And we talked about it in the offseason. Zion has to be able to again conform to what they're doing here. And I get it, okay? Again, he's going up against Anthony Davis. He's going up against LeBron. He's got something to prove here. Uh, again, what it, what it ended up doing, he got 27 points. But how many more points could they have had? How, better, how much of a better offensive flow could have been if he was kicking the ball like he was, again, uh, against the Clippers, where, again, he got seven assists because he was driving, they were collapsing, and he was kicking the ball instead of trying to take it one on five. It's not going to work. It's not going to work, okay? Um, the ball movement was not there. Uh, there was no sharing of the ball. There's no excuses for the way they played last night against a team they are better than. They are better than. And, of course, there are other things that are hanging in the balance here. Uh, the, the draft pick, everything else that goes along with this. So, you know, i got to give credit to Alvarado, Nance, uh, you know, Najee Marshall, Trey, and even Dyson Daniels. I hear everybody getting on Dyson Daniels because he missed the free throws. The dude is a rookie, okay? He's barely been in the league. And, and if he knocks him down, you give him, again, you, you slap him on the back and go, good job, Rook. But, it, again, the, he didn't lose the game on his, on his free throws. Are you kidding me? They, they lost the game because, again, they were lethargic for almost, almost three quarters of the game. And the, what, the third quarter, they kind of pulled it together, and they pulled it together a little bit in the fourth quarter, but they let, they let uh, L.A. back in the game. You thought they had it. I mean, defensively, how, how can Trey not understand that you've got to take Ryan on the three-point line? I mean, he's absolutely amazing. So, again... Um, just, again, too many defensive breakdowns to overcome an old Laker team that was ripe to be beaten. And uh, this is one that was going to stick in my craw for a long time. Uh, this team is better than this, and they should have performed better, no doubt about it. All right, let's talk about a team that's playing well, and that's the Tulane Green Wave. Uh, and uh, I, I just give a lot of credit to Willie Fritz, uh, the team. But this is where we find out who Tulane is this month. And we've been talking about it with Gary Smith all season long as, again, they've moved up the rankings, up the rankings, and now, of course, 19th in the college football playoff poll. Uh, this is where the rubber hits the road for the season. Uh, at Tulsa, home against UCF next week, a Thursday night t- turnaround quick against um, SMU at home. I'm sorry, SMU, uh, yeah, SMU at home, and then um, on the road against, um, against Cincinnati for maybe all the marbles on the AAC. His website is the most comprehensive website when it comes to Tulane Athletics, the Wave Report. If you're not a Wave fan and you're not on the on the if you're a Wave fan and not on the uh, website, you're missing out. And of course, he does a great job for the Times Picayune, Noble.com, and the Advocate. Gary, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? I was glad to be here, Eric. All right, let's start. Let's start off with um, with um, the uh, the upcoming game against mm-hmm. um, Tulsa. I think that USM 
really made them aware of the, 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 the pitfalls of looking past a, a team. Yeah. Well, you've been around this team a lot. What, what, what's your vibe? What do you, what's your yeah. take? That it, it, look, if Tulane, it, it's always possible. You can lose any, any opponent any week, but Tulane is not going to look past Tulsa, Eric. I mean, this is a team that Tulane has suffered two of the most excruciating losses in program history to back-to-back years. <laughs> two years ago, they went up to Tulsa. That was the really, really painful one. They're up 14 nothing in the fourth quarter. Tulsa's down to their third-string quarterback. Tulsa comes back, ties the game on a Hail Mary on the last play of regulation, wins in overtime on a pick six. They haven't forgotten that loss. Uh, then last year, Tulane's actually got their butts kicked for the first 55 minutes of the game. Uh, ends up tying the game, gets an interception. All they need to do is make a 24-yard field goal, and they win that game. They don't they don't get it done, and they lose in overtime. So that's back-to-back overtime losses. Forget the situation. Tulane's playing for a conference championship in, in November, all that stuff. This is a game that Tulane circled on their calendar at the beginning of the year anyway. So that that's not going to be an issue. Yeah, they, I mean, absolutely, though. They're, they're not overlooking anybody after what happened against Southern Miss, but they wouldn't be overlooking Tulsa anyway after what happened the, the last two years. And Tulane's simply a better football team than, than Tulsa. Not so much better that if they don't play well, they can be assured of winning. But if they play like they've played all year long, uh, this is a game that – of the four games left in November, I think this is the easiest for sure. Um, Gary, let me ask you, look, great honor for Tulane to be again in the college football mm-hmm. playoff poll at 19. Again, it shows how far the program has come. Willie Fritz has done a great job of 1-0. But, I mean, you can't help if you're a kid on that team to, mm-hmm. to be giddy about, again, the yeah. recognition they're getting right now. What's the vibe out, out, out in Upton mm-hmm. right now? Oh, I, I, I think they're excited. You know, they're, they're saying all the right things because their 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 one and no mantra is real for them. But sure, they're excited about that. And, and here's another thing they have on the line this week. It's pretty much been confirmed that ESPN's College Game Day is considering is considering three games um, for for next week. Um, Tulane hosting UCF, Illinois hosting Purdue, and Ole Miss hosting Alabama. And from what I've heard, um, those up the, the they don't really want to go to the Ole Miss Alabama game because you know they've been there, done that <laughs> before. Um, and uh, it's kind of down to Tulane, UCF, and Illinois, Purdue. And Tulane, if Tulane does its part against Tulsa um, on Saturday, um, there, there, there's a real chance that, that College Game Day will be in New Orleans next Saturday. And that that was that was unthinkable <laughs> to me even a month ago. Forget. I mean, even when the rumor, I mean, people started talking about this a month ago, and I. I kind of dismissed it offhand, and uh, I, I, it looks like I was wrong because some of ESPN's crew um, that, that, that do the show have already confirmed that, that, that New Orleans is under heavy consideration for that game. So that that's that. So yeah, the, the players, you know, they, they but they have to be excited. They're they're in they're nineteen. They, if they keep winning, they have a chance to get up to probably number ten in that thing as, yeah. as the thing goes along. So of course they're excited, but I, they're they're going to handle it the right way this weekend. I don't I don't worry about this game at all. Um, I, yeah, yes, it's the week before UCF, but, but they, they want to, they want to be tall. So they'll be fine this week in terms of motivation. You know, I, I know you watched it. I watched it as well. I watched uh, mm-hmm. UCF and Cincinnati. Look, I've been saying it all week, Gary. They're beatable. This oh, is yeah. not the Cincinnati of a few years ago, nor the UCF <laughs> of a few years ago, right? I really think Tulane is the best team in the league. I, Me too. Up on a neutral field, I think Tulane is the best team in the league. Again, that doesn't guarantee anything, but the fact is, that before the year, I told everybody that Tulane's ceiling was eight and four because um, 
they were going to definitely lose on the road to Houston, and they were definitely going to lose on the, lose on the road to Cincinnati, and they were definitely going to lose on the road to Kansas State, and every other game was in play. Well, guess what? They won those first two <laughs> that I had as sure losses, and I, I agree. With you. I, Cincinnati is unimpressive. I mean, they could have beaten UCF. They were ahead with a couple minutes left, but I watched the whole game, and, and of the two teams, UCF looked like the better team on that day. They didn't look great either, but, but Cincinnati – very, very vulnerable. Yes, it's a late November game on the road, but I don't. <laughs> they're certain, Cincinnati certainly isn't as good as Kansas State. Let's put it that right. way. And and, right. and Tulane went to Manhattan, Kansas, and 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 were the better team on that day. So I I love this. I love Tulane's chances as long as they keep focused and don't have a game where they make a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. I, I do think, and I've talked about this, and you and I have discussed it as well. I, I, again, as bad as the USM loss was early in the season, mm-hmm. it, it may be a godsend because I think, again, mm-hmm. it showed them they have to be focused. And, and I think we'll, we'll find out a lot about that in November because of, again, the, the two games that are sand- – and these are sandwich games. They are, but, you know, uh, having uh, Tulsa and, 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 uh, and Southern Methodists in between UCF and, and, and Cincinnati with so much on the line for the program and for mm-hmm. the team. Yeah, and look, let's look. They played two games in a row that they could have lost. The Southern Miss game where they played played really poorly. Uh, maybe if they win that game, um, they had a fourteen nothing lead. Maybe if they cruise to that victory, maybe they don't go to Houston the next week and, and, and win in overtime. And that was a heck of a lot more important game, as it's turning out, because Houston hasn't lost since then. That's the way it works. You learn from you. You play differently based on your results in the previous week. And absolutely, that was an eye opening experience for Tulane because it wasn't as much, I think, straight up overlooking Southern Miss as once Tulane took that fourteen nothing lead and it looked ridiculously easy earlier they relaxed they thought the game was over they thought they were too good to lose to southern miss and they, and they found out otherwise but yeah um yeah I, yeah you could say they could be undefeated if they'd have won that game but again they beat houston in overtime in a game they they, they could have lost that was the key by far the key game of the season that that determined everything and where, where where tulane is so yeah i wouldn't be i i, I, I wouldn't be too concerned anymore about that southern miss loss the way that this season yeah. has played out because it absolutely galvanized this team. They definitely you need to learn lessons. These are these are eighteen to twenty two year old kids. They need they 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 have to learn lessons the hard way a lot of times, and and they learned it really really well that night against Southern Miss. And of course, two weeks ago against Memphis, you know, kind of letting off the gas a little yeah. bit, allowing them to come back in the second half. Another learning experience for this team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was they played a perfect first half. Memphis is not a great team, but they're not a terrible. They're, they're I mean, in fact, I think there's a real decent chance Memphis knocks off UCF this week in in Memphis as as a home game. They're a solid team, and Tulane played an absolutely perfect first half. I mean, they're up 35 to nothing. Could not play better in any three phases of the game, and they did relax. And I and I Willie Fritz took some of that on himself, and I think he's right. He gets sometimes he takes the foot off the gas himself, and yep. with a lead like that, that that's not the first time that's happened. Um, right with him and he, and he owned it after the game he 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 got a little conservative kind of just playing trying to run the clock out instead of instead of doing stuff but even with all that being said the one time that it really got dangerous what did Tulane do they handed the ball to Ty J Spears about 10 times on one drive mm-hmm. went straight down the field and kicked the field goal to get a 17 point lead and it was it was nervous because 
if you're a Tulane fan, you know the history of Tulane, but it wasn't, there was never a situation where Memphis had the ball with a chance to tie or anything like that. And that was because Tulane just played an absolutely fabulous first half. Memphis should have been six and one going into that game. They had a 13 point lead on Houston with not with two minutes left <laughs> earlier this right. year and, and lost that game. And, and, and Tulane just comprehensively destroyed them in the first half. So yeah, they, they, they learned a lesson. Don't take your foot off the gas, but also I think they learned how good they can be when they when they're when they're clicking on all cylinders as they did in the first half. You know, Gary, I'm asked all the time, what's the difference between this Tulane team and last year's Tulane team? And, and, and I, I use again, first of all, the the, the courage of, of Willie Fritz to be able to mm-hmm. change his staff over. Yeah. Number one, and 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 to stay with with Hampton, who again took a lot of heat last year, mm-hmm. right? But, but then oh. I, I use your information as well, and I, and I think people glaze over this too much. I don't, there's probably not a school in America that was able to get 10 transfers yeah. out of the transfer portal, and every one of those transfers, again, have, have, have come in mm-hmm. and have played well for this team and have made a difference. And you mentioned this early in the season, uh, and, and this has yeah. come to fruition. Yeah, it, that's totally true. I mean, it's, this is not the same team as last year. It's just, yeah, they, they added 10 quality players to the roster. We, that, that was impossible before the age of the transfer portal, and that's just incredibly rare. Um, Tulane's hitting percentage, batting percentage on transfer portal guys hadn't been so great um, under Willie Fritz in the previous years, and, and, and they hit a home run with every every guy. Um, now they've got Shoddy Clayton Johnson playing well. I mean, he he had two back-to-back plays against Memphis that were just outstanding. One, they they they, they, they do a, a reverse to uh, Jaquan Jackson. He just lays out a safety, knocks him on his back to spring him for a first down to the four-yard line. Then the next play, he gets the carry. He gets stoned at the two-yard line, runs right over the guy, falls into the end zone for, for a touchdown. And that's your 10th guy out of the 10 guys to, to, to contribute. <laughs> um, so, yes, it's not the same team as last year. They have a lot. Yeah, they have great senior leadership, spectacular senior leadership with Nick Anderson and Dorian Williams and, 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 uh, and, and, and then the the, the, the third-year guys in, in uh, Michael Pratt and then Sincere Hainsworth on the offensive line as a fourth-year guy. But um, it's, they, they, they also added a ton of talent to the roster. And that, that's how you go from 2-10 and 10 to 7-1 and one and 19th yep. in the college football playoff rankings. You can't just do it by having the players you have get better. You've got to add to your roster. And you mentioned the other factor, six new coaches, and, and they're all doing great. And you know, I took a lot of heat. I wrote a feature last year talking about the turnaround on the defense in the last – Five games under right. uh, under under uh, under um, you know, under Chris Hampton, Chris and Hampton. that was not a popular story. I can tell you, I had a lot of people telling me you can't the, you can't just slough off what happened in the first seven games and and look and look where the defense is now. I mean, they're 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 sensational. And look at the look at the again the in game adjustments that Hampton mm-hmm. does as well. You see yeah. it all the time, and it, that's the bulk of a really really good coach. Yeah. Now look. Go ahead. Um, you're, you're yeah, no, thoughts. it is. I mean, he, he's a ter- I mean, look, Willie Fritz has been on that from the beginning this year, just talking about how he, he said early in the year, and I, and I kind of didn't write about it at first. That he, Chris Hampton's there on the sidelines calling out the plays that opponents are going to run before they happen. Willie wow. Fritz has not said that about any of his other coaches before. He he trusted Chris Hampton when he hired him. Chris Hampton is his first time ever as a defensive coordinator last year. He didn't do a good job early in the year. That that that's mm-hmm. a fact. He's a very smart guy. He learned on the job. 
he got his act together in the second half last year, and now all of his talents are, are, are coming to the fore. And and, and yeah, that's that, that's a that's a huge factor because let, let's face it, situational defense was Tulane's problem in some of the early years of the Willie. Frick. I mean, I can't even count the number of games um, where Tulane gave up a huge play on like third and fifteen, where it looked like a guy. A faster guy was being covered by a slower guy in single coverage and just beat him one-on-one for a first down. That stuff doesn't happen anymore, and that's coaching. Yep, no doubt. Break Tulsa down for us. What are the, what are the greenies looking at as they travel uh, to take on the Hurricanes, the Golden Hurricanes, rather? Tulsa has some talent. They 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 passed pretty well this year. It, it's a little their their quarterback situation is a little up in the air because Davis Bren, the guy who nobody had ever heard of, including probably half the players on his own team two years ago when he came off the bench late in the third quarter against Tulane and and led Tulsa to an, an impossible comeback win, has been the starter the last two years. He's had some good moments. He's had some bad moments. He played terribly against Tulane at Yeoman Stadium last year. They won despite him and his three interceptions in beating Tulane. But he, but he, he hurt his non-throwing shoulder last week against SMU. Um, their coaches said he's day-to-day. They have a redshirt freshman that came in and replaced him. Had pretty good numbers, but that's meaningless because SMU was already up by 25 points at that point. So you know, <laughs> he was playing against soft defenses. So it's a little unclear who their starting quarterback is going to be. But Tulsa has traditionally been a really good running team under their coach, Philip Montgomery. They've struggled to run the ball this year. They've been more of a passing team. And... I just don't. They, they just. They, they've just been really. They, they. They've been inconsistent in games. They really have hardly put a full game together. They did give Ole Miss a tough battle though at, in Oxford <laughs> earlier this year. So that tells you they have some potential. But their defense isn't too strong. Their their biggest strength is their passing game, and that's with a shaky quarterback who's injured. Yeah, I just don't see a whole lot there that makes me think that this that Tulsa is going to come up with a primo effort on Saturday. Well, we're looking forward to it, man. This is again could be a as we've been talking about a November to remember uh, mm-hmm. for for Tulane, uh, LSU, and, and the Saints, and maybe the Pelicans. But um, uh, really, really, everybody's excited about what's going on with the Green Wave. Tell us about your site, uh, and if again, I'll say it again: if you're a Tulane fan and you're not on the Wave Report. Uh, I'm just going to say it. How do you call yourself a Tulane fan? Because this is, the, again, the one site you can go to at any time and find out everything you need to know about the program. Tell us about that, what you got coming up for us in terms of your writing in the paper and online. Sure. The, the Wave Report, thewavereport.com, Tulane.rivals.com. Again, every word that was uttered this week by any coach or player is up on there. I talked to linebackers coach Mike Moots today because I'm doing a big feature on Nick Anderson and Dorian Williams for the advocate that's going to appear sometime tomorrow. Um, and and uh, he, when he recruited Nick Anderson and Dorian Williams, um, they came on the same recruiting visit way back in the day in 2018, I think, and he told them he thought they could be the best linebacker duo in Tulane history. A little of that was, you know, coaches say things to recruits, but but it's come to fruition. <laughs> I think they are. But anyway, you you get you can see his quotes. You can't find him anywhere else. What what he feels, how much he loves Nick Anderson and Dorian Williams. Um, so and 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 so so that's right up there on the site right now. Can't see that anywhere else. Beautiful at Gare Smith on Twitter. And it's always a pleasure, my friend. I look forward to our conversation each and every week. And, man, hopefully this is a November to remember, huh? <laughs> that, that's the goal. They, they, yeah, they, they, they had a bye. They, they think they're going to play five games in the next five weeks, not four games in the next four weeks because they've got their eyes on that conference championship game for sure. And, and, and I, I personally think they're going to be able to get there. Anything less would be a letdown. I'll say that right now. No question. They're that good. <laughs> they're good enough. Thanks, bud. We'll do it again next week. Thanks for having me on.
There he is, always. That's, uh, again, Gary Smith, uh, the, the utmost expert on Tulane athletics uh, here in the city. Hey, don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. You're in the market for a new air conditioning system, and nobody wants to buy an air conditioning system, right? I mean, you'd like to have your air conditioning system work forever. But let me tell you right now, uh, today's air conditioning systems, uh, again, uh, the, the modern air conditioning systems are energy efficient. Uh, then, again, there's a higher SEER rating, so you're going to lower your energy bills. And, guess now when you look at, again, the cost of, of electricity each and every month, uh, man, I tell you what, it, again, it may behoove you to go out and try to find out, again, what you can do in terms of, again, uh, uh, getting a newer system and saving money each and every month uh, with your electric bill. Burkhart can help you with that. Uh, their crews are skilled when it comes to, uh, to air conditioning systems. Uh, they know them inside and out, and they'll be able to explain to you all the different um, uh, um, brands that they have that they 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 they, they um, sell but also what may be the best for your particular situation then you make the decision ask about their 25 percent energy reduction guarantee but realize again when Burkhardt takes on the job they'll treat your home like their home your business like their home business they understand again uh, that the inconvenience of putting in an air conditioning system but nevertheless again they make it painless they make it painless for you and of course the service after the sales impeccable 15 trucks in the field 30 minute courtesy call before they come to your home or business and truly a company you can trust. I've trusted Burkhart for 30 years. You can trust him as well. Never gouge you, never cheat you. Uh, they're, they're, they are the ones when it comes to air conditioning and heating systems. Think Burkhart. acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, uh, Old New Orleans Cookery, and Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant on the Hideout Bar. Don't forget, folks, open late seven days a week. Oceana's got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, the rest of the restaurants, lunch, and dinner. Get out there and enjoy a cocktail and a great meal at one of the Oceana Family of Restaurants. We'll be right back with Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints Podcast. Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue, open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Sportsbeat is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filets. Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sportsbeat is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sportsbeat Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can handle. Hi folks, trust is what Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating is all about. Take it from me, Eric Asher. If your AC ever fails, you can trust Burkhardt to be there quick and get you back up and running. If you need a new AC, trust Burkhardt to treat you with respect, to help you save with a fair price, do the job right. As my good friend John Burkhardt always says, trust is the foundation of our business, just ask our customers. For air conditioning this season, trust Burkhardt. Visit acpromise.com, that's acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you. Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. 
Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Uh, I want to thank Gary Smith for joining us on the program. Ross Jackson just a couple seconds away. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, The Hideout Bar, and of course, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. Voted number one restaurant in memory by TripAdvisor. Folks, I'm telling you right now, a menu that has something for everyone. It's not just, again, uh, Cajun Creole with, with dishes in which, again, we specialize in, but also, again, um, Fantastic burger, great pasta, always fresh Louisiana seafood, great crab cakes. I mean, I can go on and on and on about the menu over at Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. Then there's amazing cocktails that are made by some of the greatest mixologists we have in the metropolitan area. An incredible beer selection. TV's everywhere. You'll never miss a play. 30-plus televisions in the, in the restaurant. Even in the restrooms, you'll never miss a play. And then, of course, the memorabilia, which makes you feel like you're, you're in a sports museum. Uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is unique. It's the perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. If you get a second, walk around Bobby A. Bear's. Check out all the memorabilia. Some of it is one of a kind. And, of course, a great place to be able to get with buddies, get with your friends and family, and watch the games, man. Especially when you've got multiple games you want to see with 30-plus TV screens. Fantastic. Hey, to find out more, go to BobbyABears.com. That's BobbyABears.com. And remember, open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Dinner and open late. So you're looking for a late meal. Bobby Bear's got you covered in Metairie. 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. So good. All right. It is my pleasure to bring on Ross Jackson of the Locked On Saints podcast, Saints Wire, and also, again, uh, CrestedCitySports.com each and every week on our program. Uh, his, his podcast uh, is one of the most uh, educational podcasts on, on, on the Saints. Always good information. Always good statistics. And, of uh, course, cool delivery as well ross welcome to the, to the program uh good to have you back buddy hey always glad to be here buddy thanks so much for having me on hey let's start off with michael thomas and what happened today look I, let, me, let me preface this by saying i had jimmy detail smith on from tiger bait uh, i'm sorry from tigerdetails.com this week and he mentioned that uh, even though the saints had not announced this that michael thomas was dealing with a liz frank injury and that uh and that um, um landry uh, was dealing with torn ligaments in his ankle. Uh, can you confirm or deny that? And and, and it, again, it's interesting that that was announced on the on the show on Tuesday, and of course today on Thursday, uh, Thomas is going on IR with again a uh, what is a dislocated second toe that has not healed. Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about a Liz Frank injury, and 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 no one, none of us have any details on uh, uh, Jarvis Landry's injury outside of it being being a foot. So I can't you know, dispute any report or confirm any report on what Jarvis Landry's is. But Michael Thomas's injury, as far as we know, and what we were told today by head coach Dennis Allen, is not a Liz Frank injury, but a dislocated second toe that the team tried to rehab um, to avoid surgery, knowing that surgery was the only other alternative. Unfortunately, the rehab didn't take, so now he has to have surgery, and that's what's sending him to injured reserve at this time. Well, I mean, again, at least you know what you got for the rest of the season now instead of, again, right. the hope of maybe he's coming back at this point. But, again, it is, it, it's been kind of a downward spiral for him, again, where he just cannot stay healthy. Again, send, I can't say since the contract because the year after the contract, uh, again, he, he played well. But then, of course, since then, he hasn't been able to get on the field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's been, you know, that, that will be the story, unfortunately, of, uh, of, of Michael Thomas's career, at least at this rate, which is really disappointing. And I'm sure it's very frustrating for him. Because he's, you know, was for a little while the NFL's best wide receiver, and you know he went yep. on to break that record, and he spoke about, you know, wanting to break that record again this season, try to reset that record. I actually had a pretty, you know, promising couple of games, but you know, you play ten games over the course of the forty-one that you had eligible over the course of the past three years, and that's unfortunately going to be the story 
um, yeah. uh, of of his career at least for now. We'll see, you know, what happens with him in the future. It, you know, I, I expect that at least at this point, considering what his contract looks like and everything, that he'll be back in New Orleans next year, and that their goal at this point is get the surgery and get him ready to go before uh, week one of the 2023 season. If not sooner, right? I mean, Trevor Pinning, we expected for a little while, mm-hmm. was going to be, you know, done for the season. But now it looks like he should be able to, he might be able to even return sometime this month, at least to the practice field. So we'll have to see what actually happens after Michael Thomas gets his surgery. But for now, uh, it's not looking great in terms of what his outlook is for 2022. And it seems like the Saints will turn their attention to 2023 when it comes to the Michael right. Thomas scenario and uh, continue moving forward with the guys that they have that can get on the field right now. Ross cracking the door that maybe he's back for the playoffs of the Saints make it? I, I think, you I mean, obviously, you know, you extend that timeline, and I think that there could be something there depending upon all of it, but but we don't really know until after surgery happens and we get a, we get a mm-hmm. post-procedural timeline uh, in terms of, you know, his healing process and what the rehabilitation is going to be uh, there. So I, I think that there could be a crack in the door there or a crack left open at that point because obviously mm-hmm. that just means more time right uh, for him to, right. to get right before hitting the field but we'll have to see exactly what um, you know how the procedure itself goes by the way great stat 10 games in the last 41 where are you going to get that you get that from ross jackson <laughs> hey ross so let's talk about um on what happened last weekend which was again was the best total effort we've seen from this team all season long what would a lot of us had expectations we'd see since week one what happened for them to put it all together I think there were a couple of things that, that went their way. Um, I think the first one is, um, you know, you look at the way that the defense uh, played in, in this one um, up against Derek Carr. Derek Carr was under pressure over 40% of his dropbacks. You compare that to about 6.7% of Andy Dalton's dropbacks. He was only pressured on two different snaps. And so I think that that becomes the, one of the big stories there. And then I think that the offense's ability to jump out to an early lead that that eliminates and kind of neutralizes the Josh Jacobs run game in that way, because you're not really going to be able to run the ball once you get into that 17 point hole going into the second half. Um, And then the rest of it is, I mean, you you have to look at Alvin Kamara, right? I mean, the guy hadn't had a touchdown the entire season stands up, gives an impassioned speech after the Thursday night football game. And then uh, comes out and backs it up, right? You got to walk it like you talk it. And I think that Alvin Kamara did that. He was a big part of what gave the New Orleans Saints a lot of juice, a lot of energy. And of course, uh, gave the home stadium a lot of juice and a lot of energy as well. And made it a very, very hectic uh, environment for the, uh, the Raiders to not only play in, but have to claw their, try to claw their way out of a hole um, when it comes to it. So I, I think that, you know, a lot of different things went right for them. They were able to capitalize in places that we haven't seen them capitalize before. And best of all, Eric, they, they got out of their own way, right? They didn't turn the ball over. You had very few penalties. You had a defensive holding penalty that brought back a sack and things like that. You want to see that not happening. But, hey, based upon what we were seeing earlier on in the season where you were advancing over, you know, three or four different – you're extending drives three or four different times with penalty. You were giving away over 100 yards of penalty yardage, things like that, and you're turning the ball over. Things didn't do that this past week, and hopefully they'll be able to build on that and continue that momentum moving forward. You know, Ross, I mentioned this to the audience earlier in the week that, you know, there was a time when I, early, early in the season when I, I ripped 
uh, Carmichael saying he was gutless and unimaginative, especially in the red zone. Uh, since then, I'm going to be honest with you, he has done a great job in putting guys in a position to be to, to be successful. He's using Taysom Hill more. Obviously, Kamara's getting getting his touches. Alave has been unstoppable, again, at the wide receiver position with his route running and his speed. And, and he seems to be, again, realizing, again, who are his stars and going to them. What, what, when you look at the evolution of this offense under Carmichael this, this, this past season, what are you seeing? I think the, the, the biggest thing right now is um, that what we've seen in terms of what's changed with Carmichael from Carmichael now versus Carmichael earlier in the season is just a, a little bit more of a willingness to lean on the playmakers. This, this New Orleans Saints offense is one that's been predicated in the past of spreading the ball around and getting to as many different receivers as possible and everything. And I, I think that that is something that maybe, you know, of the New Orleans Saints rosters of yesteryear, that was something that, you know, Coach CJ got so much out of guys like Lance Moore and Willie Sneed and, and, and these other guys and, and everything. And yes. don't get me wrong, those guys fantastic receivers, especially Lance Moore. But, you know, he got so much out of all these guys. And so there was, you know, you had the, the talent to distribute the ball all over the field. Right now, when you're dealing with injuries and you're down to Michael Thomas, you're down to Jarvis Landry, you're down to Deontay Hardy, you have a Rashid Shahid who's coming in, but he's still an undrafted free agent who's only played three NFL games so far. Uh, and you've got Chris Olave, and then you have a band of other receivers that are around, Trick once with Marquez Callaway, these guys that have started in your system before. You don't have as many different options to, to, to you know, distribute the ball around to eight, nine, ten different receivers like we had seen in the past. So I think that stepping away from that approach of trying to attack with different receivers in different places, different ball catchers in different places, that they've done a great job here over the past couple of weeks of going to what's working. Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, Jawan Johnson, Chris Chris Olave. And then every now and then you go to these other guys when you need to, or you design a play, you know, the, the inside slant, the quick slant to uh, Marquez Callaway is a great way to pick up three or four right. quick yards on a, on a third down or on a second and short. That has worked for them so far this season. So there's kind of these specialized roles in which players are utilized. But I think that his sort of willingness to just lean on the playmakers right now, the ones that they have available, uh, is a wise choice. And I think that that's been something that has gone their way. The other thing that's gone their way is protection. Um, yes, I agree. The, the Saints, yeah, the Saints had a lot of issues earlier on in the season when it came to not only protection just from a basic you know, standpoint, but you know, identifying where pressure was coming from and you know, identifying a blitz and all these things. These are things that the Saints were struggling with earlier on in the season that they looked to have gotten cleaned up, at least over the course of the past couple of weeks. Uh, now they have a big, big test ahead of them with the Baltimore Ravens, who have some premier pass rushers and Calais Campbell, and they're getting. It looks like they're going to have uh, potentially Tyus Bowser back, Justin Houston. They've got really, really good players that can get pressure, and second level players that can get pressure as well. So that will be something to watch this week. But I think that those things have started to click for the Saints, and as long as what we've seen you know, over the past few weeks in terms of the offensive side of the production, sans the interceptions that you saw in the Thursday night football game, if those things are in a mirage, and that's something that this New Orleans Saints team is able to remain consistently efficient in, then it puts them in a much, much better outlook in terms of, you know, based upon or in comparison to what we saw earlier on in the season. Ross, how do you think Dennis Allen um, uh, contains uh, Lamar Jackson this weekend? What's the, what's the game plan? Yeah, it's interesting. The, the, the tricky part with Lamar is that the things that used to work against them don't work anymore. Uh, so you can look back at the Miami Dolphins a couple of years ago 
and see that they went, you know, blitz heavy and that they really, you know, leaned in on their zone blitz game, for instance, where they had their defenders dropping back in zone, but that they were blitzing with second level players and they were coming after them and that worked really effectively. The next year, the Patriots tried that earlier on this season and Lamar Jackson had a field day up again. He's been phenomenal against the blitz so far this season. Then you look at what the Miami Dolphins tried this year, which was a little bit more of a, you know, not so much blitzing, but they played a little bit more man and they were kind of a little bit more aggressive in that way. And that worked. But then we saw, you know, another team, the New York Jets, try that again this year and it didn't work, you know. So it's so interesting how quickly Lamar adjust to what it is that teams are trying to do against them. So I think maybe what Dennis Allen will attempt to do this week is what's called a mush rush, which is 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 a strategy on the defensive line to where mm-hmm. you're really focusing on containing yes. uh, the edges so that the mobile quarterback can't get out to one side or the other as opposed to trying to get an over-pursue and pass rush. And then you lean on the athleticism in your second level and your third level uh, in particular as well, your second level. So this is where a guy like Pete Warner, a guy like Demario Davis really comes in handy is that you have these athletic second-level players that will be able to you know, contribute as a part of the front seven and limiting Lamar Jackson. So I think getting your athletic players to the edge uh, on the, on, in the third level, maybe some three safety sets, things like that, especially if P.J. Williams is able to get back, he's a very good run support nickel that um, that's kind of the the third line of defense. So I think this is going to be a, a game plan for the New Orleans Saints. It's going to stretch them laterally, which is going to make them vulnerable deep. But that's where you hope that guys like Marcus May and Tyron Matthew are able to, to help to take those away. So it's going to be a challenge because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Rolodex spins every time that you, you go up against Lamar Jackson because what worked a week ago doesn't work anymore. So it'll be interesting to see what Dennis Allen does here. Yeah, we used to call it sugar rush back in the day, but the mush rush. Yeah. Yes. And then how about um, how about a spy? Do you see them spying him? Um, I, I know Tampa did it uh, again with with Devin White. Do you anticipate that? Yeah, that's a way that they could go. Um, you know, you could task you could task Pete Werner with that. You could even spy him at the third level with a safety that you drop down into sort of what they would call a a, a, a robber who comes underneath uh, the, right. the top safety there. So there, there are a couple of ways that they can do that. The, the biggest issue is then what do you do around the spy? Do you also go to zone or do you mm-hmm. stick in man? And I think that that's something that, you know, if you have, and, and the reason why that's important is that if you go to man, once the ball is snapped and then once they run like a QB draw or an RPO, mm-hmm. all of the defensive backs will turn their back to the quarterback because yes. they're guarding the wide receiver. So if you go into man, then you're turning your back on Lamar Jackson. Is that really what you want to be doing? Uh, you know, you know, with depth. And so, but then if you go to zone, then, you know, the responsibilities in the passing game get a little bit more tricky. And then, you know, let's not forget that, you know, Lamar is a really good passer as well. So I think that that becomes the next piece. Now, you know, you've got Devin DuVernay, you've got James Prochet, who's a really Mm -hmm. great, you're really good hands receiver. And it looks like Deshaun Jackson is likely to probably play this week. So, you know, there are going to be some guys that can that can get deep, that can stretch the field, and that can, you know, make some plays downfield. So you don't want to give up too much there. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think a spot is not a bad idea, but answering the question of what to do around that player is going to be what makes that spy successful or unsuccessful. You like the Saints? I, I, I actually do. It's interesting, you know, because for me right now, as I look at the injury report for the Baltimore Ravens, Rashad Bateman is out for the rest of the season. Right. The Michael Thomas thing doesn't really move the needle because you haven't had him mm-hmm. for the past five games. True. Uh, so that doesn't really impact, 
you know, what that, what your outlook is for the team in that case. But I do like if the New Orleans Saints are able to play their brand of football, which is not turning the ball over, uh, and if they're able to go with a little bit of run control, it's going to be really interesting to see. And I think that they would present a specific kind of challenge to Baltimore that they haven't seen so far this season, especially with the one-two punch of Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill and then the way that Chris Olave has played so far this season. So I think the Saints have the firepower to do it. The biggest thing is going to be, A, can you keep Andy Dalton clean? Because that was such a huge part of why they were so successful last week. Ryan Ramchick played a phenomenal game um, against their best pass rusher, Max Crosby. He's going to have another big test here Mm -hmm. this week. Can they keep him clean again so that the offense can operate? And then similarly over the offensive side, can you keep uh, Lamar Jackson contained? And even if you can't, right, even if you can't, can you keep one of the other elements? Can you keep it so that that's the only element that works? Because if it's just Lamar Jackson all game, you're fine. But if it's Lamar Jackson and – let's say Gus Edwards is healthy and is able to play, or if it's Lamar Jackson and Isaiah Likely or and Devin DuVernay and the passing game mm-hmm. is working, that's where things get really complicated right. for you. Ross, I'm out of time. Thanks so much, as always, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. We'll talk to you again next week. Absolutely, buddy. Thanks, as always, for having me on. Take care, stay safe. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Uh, we'll be right back. Hi, Eric Ash with Celebrity Chef Scott Craig of Katie. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Apple. If you're in the market for a quality used car, come visit us at Southern Tire Auto Sales. We have a large selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for every taste and budget. Every pre-owned vehicle on the lot has been carefully inspected for safety and quality. At Southern Tire Auto Sales, we'll only sell you the best used vehicles, and we'll never sell you something we wouldn't buy ourselves. Financing is available. Hickory and Airline and Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Contractors, tired of the runaround when you need an insurance quote? At Dave Miata Insurance, we are an independent insurance agency, so we make it easy to get that quote for your next job. We offer general liability, workman's comp, automobile and property insurance, and we will search over 50 insurance companies to get the right policy at the best price. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMeatInsAgency.com. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. So where's the place you should think of? Oceana Grill. Get ready to indulge your palate with the flavor it deserves. From blackened bayou duck to our signature barbecue shrimp, we know how to get you asking for more. Whether it's sitting outside or in our courtyard or kicking back at one of our indoor, unique, vibrant dining rooms, Oceana can make you feel right at home with our friendly staff and our naturally New Orleans cuisine. Oceana Grill, 739 Conti in the heart of the fun, 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. daily. We know what you're missing in your kitchen. Oceana Grill. Why wait to save? Dell's Black Friday event arrives early with select deals on top tech to power any passion. 
The savings start now on the latest XPS and Alienware PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget, special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, including free shipping on everything. Just call 877-ASK-DELL for Black Friday deals. That's 877-ASK-DELL. This is Loyalty Lab Interview 6, subject, Grandmother's Loyalty. Margie, what do you do when your grandson misbehaves? Angels don't misbehave. Here we study the most loyal, like you and... Oh, there goes the lamp. Shouldn't have put it there. Shell and the Fuel Rewards Program has our members' backs, too. It's super easy to save on every gallon. Loyal, just like how you acted like that wasn't his fault. Someone should clean that up before he gets hurt. Yes, loyal, just like that. Ten years of FR.com. Terms and conditions apply. Eight-time Grammy Award-winning superstar, Carrie Underwood, presents the Denim and Rhinestones Tour. With special guest, Jimmy Allen. Smoothie King Center, Saturday, November 5th. Get tickets now at CarrieUnderwoodOfficial.com. The brand new album, Denim and Rhinestones. Listen to Inside, you listen to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app. We are WRKN, 106.1 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. If you ever have any problems with your air conditioner heating system, you want someone who will be there to help right away. Take it from me. Saving start now on the latest XPS and Alienware PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget, special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, including free shipping on everything. Just call 877-ASK-DELL for Black Friday deals. That's 877-ASK-DELL. This is Loyalty Lab Interview 6, subject, Grandmother's Loyalty. Margie, what do you do when your grandson misbehaves? Angels don't misbehave. Here we study the most loyal, like you and... Oh, there goes the lamp. Shouldn't have put it there. Shell and the Fuel Rewards Program has our members' backs, too. It's super easy to save on every gallon. Loyal, just like how you acted like that wasn't his fault. Someone should clean that up before he gets hurt. Yes, loyal, just like that. Ten years of FR.com. Terms and conditions apply.
Stick to the truth is what you're good at. Six weekdays right here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, our digital platforms, NashFM1061.com and EricAsher.com on the World Wide Web. And our podcast is everywhere. Anchor's our home base, but on your favorite podcasting platforms. Just search Inside New Orleans Show with Eric Asher. And, of course, uh, don't forget also our, our social media platforms, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram. Uh, the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports is tonight. If you missed our uh, our uh, initial show today at uh, 1 o'clock on WLAE-TV, you got a lot of chances tonight and tomorrow night to be able to catch the program. Um, 6 o'clock tonight on LAE, 10 o'clock on The Deuce, that's WLA-TV2. Friday night, 9 o'clock on Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on WLAE. Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on the do. Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. It'll be up on our social media platforms this evening. Uh, it's already on the WLAE TV YouTube page. And, of course, it'll be at ericastro.com or probably by Monday, uh, maybe maybe Sunday night uh, when the webmaster is able to get to it, uh, to get it done. Uh, we had Richie Mills and also Garland Gillen. Both guys did a great job. I mean, we covered high school. Uh, football. We covered Saints, LSU, Tulane, Pelicans, and UNO possibly getting a football program all on the hour program. So I hope you get a chance to be able to check it out. Those guys were really good together, and it was a fun show. Uh, That's the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports. Check us out tonight at 6 o'clock. Hey, don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. If you're in the market for a generator for your home or business, why would you go anywhere else? Uh, they are the pros. They are the experts. Jason Burkhardt is in charge of the uh, of the division. He will come out to your home or business, sit down with you, do a consultation, find out what you're looking for in terms of a generator, uh, and then, of course, give you the options, and then you make the choice. Uh, you can finance it over time with low monthly notes. You can pay it all up front. Uh, and then, of course, once you guys come to an agreement, you get a single-day install. And I do mean a single-day install because, again, uh, Burkhardt's crew uh, that handles the generators are second to none. That dedicated general, generator team will do uh, will do everything for you. You have to do nothing at all. They, they go. They handle the planning, the permits, the inspections. There are multiple inspections you have to get, multiple permits you have to get. Uh, they take care of all of it. I mean, it is literally, again, uh, you know, hands off for you. They handle it all. You're going to increase your property value because you have the generator at, at your home. Uh, and then you have the peace of mind to know when the power goes out, your power staying on. Uh, 24-7, 365 emergency service with all the parts you need stocked in their warehouse uh, in, in Mandeville. Also, don't forget, uh, you also have uh, uh, maintenance service that, again, they will maintain that generator for you 365 days a year. 
And, and of course, don't forget, those generators, the Generac generators are waiting for you. One of them's got your name on it, okay? They are sitting in the, in the warehouse in Mandeville uh, at, in the Burkhardt Complex waiting to be able to be installed in your home or your business. Looking for generator sales and service? Go with the experts. It's Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Uh, uh, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, and the Hideout Bar. And, of course, when we talk about Mambo's, we're talking about three floors of what, my, what is the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Um, yes, the Cajun Creole cuisine is fantastic, but, again, the menu is an eclectic menu with something for everyone, um, from, great, from, again, great steaks to, again, pasta dishes, uh, fresh Louisiana seafood, the crab cakes. I can go right down the line, again, of the fantastic menu over at, um, over at uh, our friends over at Mambo's. But again, it's just it's the ambiance that, that really catches you. Yes, the food is incredible. The cocktails are outstanding. With again some of the greatest mixologists that we have in the city, uh, right there at Mambo's, mixing up incredible cocktails. And, and and then of course, you walk in and you got the beautiful picture windows that overlook Bourbon Street on this with this beautiful bar on this on these bars. They, they went into um, and uh, the Bader brothers went into an old. Uh, the decrepit strip club that was being uh, that was causing nothing but problems on Bourbon Street that, that had been shut down over and over again, and, and they did a total redo. Uh, beautiful barge boards all, all over the restaurant, the, uh, a beautiful bar as you walk right in the door. Then you go all the way to the back of the restaurant, authentic uh, French Quarter courtyard, beautiful by day, spectacular by night. Elevators to take you to the first, second, and third floor uh, if you don't want to use the stairwell. And then, of course, as you go to the second floor, you know, you got a, you got a beautiful, authentic Bourbon Street balcony uh, with, again, a, a, a private bar there. Also, plenty of seating to be able to eat or have cocktails. Take the elevator to the third floor. It's Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. You've never seen the sight lines from Bourbon Street like you'll see on that rooftop bar. Uh, a bar there, the rooftop uh, and, and the sight lines. And then, of course, your ability to be able to have cocktails or eat there as well. Man, it is the perfect setup, uh, again, for a night out with friends, family, a romantic getaway, uh, maybe, again, your next event. Uh, maybe you're trying to close that business deal. You can do that as well. There, lunch and dinner for seven days a week. You can find out more at mambonola.com, mambonola.com. And then, of course, right next door is the hideout bar. Live music every single night in a courtyard setting. Beautiful French Quarter Courtyard, uh, fantastic uh, um, uh, bar as well, and great mixologists that are making up some fantastic cocktails for you. Uh, make your next Bourbon Street memory at Mambo's and, and the Hideout Bar, 411 and 413 Bourbon Street. You can't beat it. Get out there and enjoy it, and you'll be glad you did. All right, uh, once again, want to thank Ross Jackson for joining us. Uh, again, Ross Jackson from uh, Locked on Saints podcast. Also, again, uh, is with Saints Wire and CrestCitySports.com. Uh, uh, Gary Smith of The Wave Report, NOLA.com, Times Picayune, Advocate, both those guys joining us in the first hour. And hour number two, you're just seconds away from Ali Cassello of The Bird Rights, talking Pels. And then we'll finish up with Jordy Collada, The Jordy Collada Show, uh, as we wind up on this Thursday. Don't forget, we got De La Salle football tonight right here on, um, on 106.1 uh, FM, taking on Booker T. Washington. That'll come after an abbreviated um, uh, uh, show with uh, – uh, the Life Resources Bottom Line Sports Hour with Michael Green and Ken Trahan. So keep it right here on 106.1 FM for Dallas South Football tonight. All right, with that said, let's head to the guest line. Joining us on the program uh, is uh, Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights. Ali, how are you, buddy? I'm doing fine, Eric. How about yourself? Ali, I'm doing good. i got to tell you, um, <laughs> was very upset and disappointed by what I saw last night. Um, 
you know, and, 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 and look, I was a little bit in jest, but, uh, you know, I talked about it when we opened up the show today. Uh, that's a bad Laker team. They should not have lost to them. Uh, they seem to be lethargic coming out. They didn't play Pelicans basketball. They didn't move the basketball too much one-on-one. Defensively, they didn't play strong defense and rebound, which, again, hurt them in terms of their uh, ability to be able to run, which we know easy baskets really get this team going. We saw it for a short period of time, you know, with, again, the uh, with Alvarado and Nance and Najee and Trey and, and even Dyson Daniels coming in and giving them a little bit of a spark. But it's almost as if, again, they were either hanging out in the L.A. clubs all night long or, the, or they were was smoking some, uh, some California legal buzz because they came in with, again, a lethargic effort against a team that they are better than. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of surprising because we know this team, going back to last season, right, that's where they like to hang their, their hat on, is coming out, giving you 48 minutes of, you know, great effort, good focus, and we just didn't see that. And you're right, that second quarter was by far the worst quarter of the season. But, you know, all it took was one bounce of the ball, and they walk away with a win, right? They would have been 5-2. and two. Lakers would be 1-6. and six. Dyson just hits a free throw. You know, Trey sticks like glue to Matt Ryan. But, you know, it didn't happen. And like you mentioned, there was a whole lot of things before that even happened that went wrong. And had they done better, right, play defensively, um, just, just execute better during portions, right, because that offense in the first half was largely just a jumbled mess. Then they would have won. They they wouldn't have needed right to, to finish that game off, you know, kind of in perfect style. So it is disappointing because not only does it hurt, you're throwing basically away a win that you really had put through your fingers. You're also giving the Lakers life, a team that you want to keep towards the bottom of the standings because you don't want any more competition, you know, in the Western Conference and the Pelicans. Right? They directly would benefit if the Lakers have a poor season because they're going to get that first round pick. Nobody, I think, believes that the Lakers are going to finish with a better, better record than the Pelicans. So you want to see the Lakers pile up the loss. And when you have control over that, you want to give them all the L's. Ali, I'm with you. And I love the fact that Willie Green recognized it and pretty much said it, okay? His team did not come ready to play. And that's then, again, even though they were in it right till the end, overtime, etc., cetera, uh, it wasn't the type of effort that this Pelican team is used to giving. It's not, but, you know, like you just mentioned, he, he is genuine out there. So he, he's not going to cover it up. He's not going to sweep it under the rug. And he's not happy with it. And he knows they're not happy. The players aren't – I guarantee the players aren't happy with themselves. And if you listen no. to C.J. McCollum afterwards, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you got that feeling. So I'm not sure what the reason was for coming out sluggish. But they should have beaten the Lakers team that didn't even shoot the ball well from three, right? They were under 30% again for maybe, you know, they, they, which they're the worst shooting team in the league had 17 turnovers, and the Pelicans just didn't capitalize. They have too many easy um, baskets to the Lakers, Mm -hmm. just folded defensively too many breakdowns. And I'm glad Willie Green said what he did because it needed to be said, right? I know that the young guys, they're going to learn from their mistakes that they made individually. But as a team, you've got to bring that effort every night. And that's that's usually a big deal in this league, right? Because the talent, Eric, we talked about, is fantastic. And what separates you is really just how hard you play, how well you execute, Mm and do all those other little intangibles. So hopefully the Pelicans learn from this. Yeah, and hopefully they get back to what makes them, again, uh, a formidable foe each and every night, which is, again, the sharing of the basketball. Too much one-on-one last night. I mean, look, I get it. Zion, again, going up against Anthony Davis and um, – 
uh, and, and LeBron James. It almost felt like hero ball uh, uh, during that game. Last game against the Clippers, he had seven assists. So, yes, he was taking the ball to the hole, but he was smart enough to realize, again, guy, the, the team is collapsing on me. I'm going to kick it out to, to one of my teammates, and they're going to get an open look and knock down the jumper. Uh, it was too much one-on-one ball, which, again, look, when, when, he, when he got pinned on the rim, when he couldn't get it done, it turned into fast break points in a lot of cases for a team that doesn't run very well. No, the Pelicans did a poor job of utilizing their weapons. I mean, I'm shocked that Jonas Valanciunas had such a poor game, right? If Me Anthony too. Davis is guarding you, you would thought Jonas would have bodied him up so, more. And, you know, I just don't think he received enough opportunity. So that's why he, we barely saw him in the second half. But we saw, I feel like, that rhythm appear in the game. And you know when that happened? When Jose Alvarado was out there. I thought that, that offense, especially yep. with him out there on the court, was fantastic. So I was shocked during the closing of the fourth quarter and in the overtime, we didn't see him on the floor. You know, we saw Devontae Graham get some late minutes. Right. But overall, I'm just shocked by, you know, some of Willie's decisions, right, with the rotations. Like, after that game, I'm not playing Jackson Hayes probably for a couple of games because I know he right. only got four minutes, but, boy, he, did. he was right there in the middle of it that, during that second quarter collapse. So it seemed like towards the end of the game, C.J. McCollum was trying to make everything happen on his own while looking for Zion. And it was just really those mm-hmm. two guys. And that's not how they play. We all know yeah. that's not how they play. I agree. And look, I'm with you. I'm sitting there and watching the game, and I said, they need that defensive spark. They're not – this is not – they're lethargic. Uh, again, they're not playing Pelicans basketball. And, of course, when they subbed in Alvarado, I believe it was Dyson Daniels. Uh, it might have been Najee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Trey was in there. We started to see them, uh, you know, uh, playing a, a little more hot, up-tempo defense, and it turned into easy baskets for them. And before you know it, they got back in the game. Yeah, the Pelicans' bench was excellent outside of Jackson Hayes. I mean, Larry Nance, once again, he's defense. Agreed. He's four steals. Um, he's always making all those small plays, right, following up misses at the rim to put it back in, making the right passes. He had five assists. And like I said, Jose was, I think, the most effective player, and it kind of stood out. I mean, he missed one three-pointer, I remember. He had an air ball. What did he do? Sank his next three confidently, right? So I don't understand why I don't use a lightning rod that's, you know, feeling it. And as you mentioned, he's causing havoc defensively, which he always does. I mean, everybody's going to point to that Grand Theft Alvarado-like steal he had on LeBron, but he does so much more than that. He gets up in everybody's face, and he sets yep. that mentality, that tone out there. Kind of like what Patrick Beverly, I felt like, did kind of to CJ he did. late in that game. So. I'm hoping, like I said, that the coaching staff's learning just like the players because we are in game seven, right? And we noticed last year it took Willie some time to really get his rotations figured out. And that's an old team. That's a slow team. And that's a team that, again, is still trying to find its identity. Uh, you know, again, LeBron tried to take over, really couldn't. Anthony Davis' days of taking over looks like it's long gone. He looks like he's a, a player that's being broke down, broken down. Russell Westbrook is the guy that really surprised me and played as well as he did. Yeah, you know, ever since he's moved to the bench, he's played really well. I know in their last game, you know, where, where they actually picked up their first one of the season, he was excellent off the bench, right? For the most part, took smart shots, but more importantly, he got everybody else involved. So I feel like he was a perfect spark plug. It wasn't LeBron at all yesterday. Um, he was kind of quiet to me almost in a sense, even though he almost got a triple-double. And Anthony Davis, he can't hit a jumper. Make that guy shoot shots from outside the lane, yes. and I'm with you. He's just not the same player. So they had... They had that victory, Eric. There wasn't a bunch of, you know, weapons out there for the Lakers really causing Pelicans grief. Mm -mm. I I know Lonnie Walker went off, right? They should have done a better job of just running him off the line. But other than that, yeah, it's, it's a bad loss. I hate to say it, but yeah, it's a bad loss. 
hopefully it's a learning experience and, and something that they're going to take with them and it's going to stick under their craw for a while there uh, so that, again, that it will remind them that, you know, they got to come out and play Pelicans basketball, what we've been accustomed to them, which is why, again, so many people are excited about this team right now because they share the basketball. Uh, they're defensive-oriented. Uh, again, they're, 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 they're tough. They're physical inside when it comes to rebounding the basketball. And, 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 again, they don't get into this hero ball where I felt like that's really where they went last night in, in, in Los Angeles, where, again, the, the, night, the two nights before, I mean, on, Saturday, on Sunday afternoon, they were, they were passing the basketball. That's one of the reasons why they beat the Clippers. Exactly, Eric. I mean, the way they came out to start that third quarter was exactly emblematic of what we have seen from them in the first previous six games. That, that playing together, causing havoc defensively. Um, I remember two, two steals by Nance really helping. Um, it, it's just all of that. And for that not to appear in the fourth quarter and for, you know, Willie kind of get mired down, bogged down in his rotations, really, really hurt. I think they're going to learn, Eric. I, I, there's no doubt. This is an aberration. I mean, if you look at the body of work over these seven games, what have we seen? Yep. We've largely seen very good basketball, right? An effort mm-hmm. or a team that really tries. One of the hardest playing teams I've noticed from watching, you know, everybody else play so far this year. I mean, I would say they're probably top five, top eight-ish in effort without a doubt. So I'm with you. Just didn't have it for the full 48. They got to have it for more than 24 minutes. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Golden State on Friday night. Uh, big game, Golden State coming here. Again, one of the top play teams in, in the entire NBA, not just in the West. Uh, how do the, this, how does this Pelican team – and hope the, well, let me ask this first. Because it didn't sound like last night when, when, uh, uh, when Daniels was talking a little bit about Brandon Ingram that he would be back uh, on, on Friday night. Is there a possibility he's back? Well, he just got upgraded to, uh, from questionable to probable. Right? Okay. So that's outstanding. So that means that's good. that I think he's probably passed all of his concussion tests, right? So now it's just how do you feel? So I'm sure it'll be one of those things, go through shoot around, and if need be, pregame workout to see if he mm-hmm. honestly feels no side effects, right? So it's, it's actually kind of a pleasant surprise because I probably didn't expect him back for a few more games. So there's a good wow. chance he'll play. I think we probably will see Herb. So you want all the defenders, right? I'm glad yep. Dyson's back. And yes. I'll tell you what, Golden State, they're not playing well on the road. So I think, honestly, you stay – adhered to Steph Curry. Clay's gotten off to a slow start. Yeah, Jordan Poole mm-hmm. can hurt you, but he's a small guy. I think Jose, you throw a bunch of guys on him, he's not going to be relevant. So the Pelicans have more weapons, right? And they have the defenders to slow down the two that I'm worried about the most in Curry and Poole. So I expect the Pelicans to pull out a win. Even though it's the world champs, they're off to a 3-5 and five start. They're very beatable right now. And, of course, almost mirror image of each other when you talk about how they want to play offensively and how they create, yeah. uh, again, well, really off their defense as well. Exactly. The Pelican, I mean, I know when Griffin first took this job, he talked about wanting to kind of, you know, copy Golden State Warriors because that's, hey, that's what everybody was doing. But I remember him specifically talking about mm-hmm. it. You know, where the ball moves around, it finds the guy. So whoever's open shoots it. And the Pelicans have, as we've talked about, as we've seen in mm-hmm. games, where eight, nine guys can score in double figures for you, that they should be playing that way. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting uh, comparison of styles, right, because both teams are best in transition when it's chaotic out there, and they like to create their offense through their defense. And that, by far, is what the Pelicans have to do every single game if they want to be consistent winners. 
silver lining on, on the injuries, obviously, is, again, Daniel's getting a lot of playing time. Alvarado getting more playing time. Uh, even though uh, Jackson Hayes couldn't take advantage of it, uh, Deontay Graham kind of finding his niche. And, of course, what Najee Marshall has been able to do uh, for this team, uh, you know, who has been, has been, been spectacular in, in the, uh, with, with Brandon Ingram out. Najee Marshall has been a revelation. Let's face it, he's been the biggest surprise, but also probably the most improved player. So we were talking about, you know, Trey Murphy, others taking steps forward, which they have, right? It's undeniable Murphy's a much better all-around player, but Najee, nobody expected for this guy to be this effective on both ends of the court. It remains to be seen if it's just kind of that small sample size, right? He's, he's mm-hmm. in a hot streak, but I'll tell you what, his shot looks different. His approach looks different. Yes. So when he's shooting those threes, I actually have a feeling they're going in, right, when it's leaving his hands. Oh, yeah. And, of course, I'm he's one you. of the best. Yeah, Eric, and he's one of the best players to attack the rim. And like mm-hmm. I said, I think that's the strength of this Pelicans. Don't be the team that you're not, which is shoot 30, 40, three-pointers every game. Be the ones that attack the rim because you have the size, you have that ability, and get to right. that free throw line, which I think I want to see happen more because they haven't done that enough. Unselfishness is the key for this team. I mean, again, as long as they're unselfish, getting everybody involved, uh, they, they got a chance to win. And, of course, you know, their defense creates offense. And that defense intensity is what sets them apart from most teams in the NBA. They, gotta, they, they lost that identity against the Lakers. they got to get it back against Golden State. They do. Um, and I think it's going to really help. Boy, if Brandon Ingram can play, I think that's when C.J. McCollum is going to be extra special for this team. He yesterday he took 27 shots. I know mm-hmm. that's not what he wants to do um, in a, in a game for the Pelicans to win, because when when you looked around him, I, I think I realized why. Because you know Zion had to deal with Anthony Davis's length. He struggled with going up he against did. Our, our former he did. Uh, big star here in New Orleans up against that length. But he kind of figured things out in the second half. But still, CJ really didn't have somebody to hit on the outside where he could mm-hmm. you know trust to throw out that kick out pass to Stray. Sure. You know, I thought he played a great game, but he, he, he went 0 for 5 from three-point range. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody yeah. was really effective outside of Jose Alvarado. So it'd be such a big boost to get somebody back like Brandon Ingram. Because while this team's been good, actually they played very admirably in, in his absence. They're just True. such a much different team when he's on the court. So hopefully we'll see yeah. him. And I agree with you. He becomes more of a, a facilitator than a guy that has to take, uh, you know, the shot every time down. He can pick his spots, and, and of course, that's when he's at his best. Right. Uh, you know, to pick and choose when he wants to take over instead of being a guy that has to take over the entire time. No doubt about it. Always enjoy talking hoops with you. Tell the folks about your fantastic site, the podcast, all the great information you guys are putting out over the bird at the Bird Rights, and, of course, how folks can follow you on social media. Yeah, thanks a lot, Eric, for the kind words. You can catch all work over at SB Nation. All one word, www.thebirdrights.com. And we're going to be recording a podcast today, so look for that first thing tomorrow morning. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Ali. We'll check in with you next week. And, uh, again, uh, we were just a little bit um, uh, a little bit aggravated by last night's loss. But, again, things will turn around pretty quickly, this team. Uh, we'll judge them after 10 games. We'll talk about how they're looking. Yeah, exactly. It was a tough road trip, right? They've it had really was. Scheduled to start. And they've got some tough games coming up. But, hey, if they get fully healthy real quick, hey, I, I like their odds starting tomorrow. No doubt. Thanks, bud. Appreciate the time. Yep. Take care, Eric.
There he goes, Ali Cassell. Hey, sign a service agreement with Burkhardt to give you the peace of mind knowing that Burkhardt is monitoring the life and efficiency of your air conditioning heating system. Here's some of the benefits. They contact you to let you know when it's time to go uh, to schedule your fall or winter or summer, spring in, uh, inspections on your AC and heating system. And I told you this before. John Burkhardt told me this a long time ago. Uh, the, the summer, uh, spring inspection is about making sure your AC, which runs very, very hard during the summer months here in New Orleans, that again, it, it, that again, that you're maintaining that efficiency and that it's going to work hard for you and not break down in the summer months. When it comes to the fall winter in inspections, it's about safety. Making sure that heater is completely cleaned, and that again it's been totally checked out by a professional, and of course it's going to be working for you safely uh, throughout the, the, the summer month, the, the winter months. So you don't have to worry about carbon monoxide or fires. Uh, again, at Burkhart, if you again have, if you sign up for the service agreement, you move to the front of the line for emergency service because you get priority scheduling. You get 10% discount on the demand or emergency service, and of course because Burkhart is monitoring the life and efficiency of your air conditioning heating system. It's going to run safely. It's going to extend that life of, of, of the system, and it's going to reduce your energy bills. Burkhardt Air Conditioning Heating. Look, looking for a company you can trust? It's Burkhardt. Remember, sign that service agreement with Burkhardt, and it'll give you that peace of mind of knowing that Burkhardt's standing behind all their work when it comes to your AC system. That's acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Beer's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, The Hideout Bar. All are open late. All are open seven days a week. Oceana's open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, the other three restaurants are open for lunch and dinner. I don't want to hear any more about, again, man, New Orleans, back in the day, we could get us a late meal anywhere. Well, you can't anymore. Sorry. But you know where you can? At one of the Oceana family of restaurants. They're open late seven days a week for you. You want a great meal and a cocktail late? Head on over to the Oceana family of restaurants. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. Coming up next, Jordy Collada, the Jordy Collada Show. We'll be right back. If you want a little soul with your country, then you're with us. New Orleans country, from the classics to the songs that matter. Your country is on 106.1 Nash Icon or anytime at NashFM1061.com. This report is sponsored by Mucinex Fast Max Cold and Flu All-in-One. Skip the symptoms, not the celebration. Celebrate comeback season with Mucinex Fast Max Cold and Flu All-in-One. Its maximum strength formula tackles up to nine cold and flu symptoms. Try Mucinex All-in-One and get $5 cash back to celebrate your comeback. Visit FastMaxCashBack.com to learn more. Use as directed. Delays remain solid if you're traveling on 10 eastbound from Loyola to Power, and delays pick back up 10 eastbound with delays from just past City Park to the high-rise. 10 westbound delays are steady from St. Bernard to Canal, and delays pick back up 10 westbound from Bonneville to the airport. On the 610 on the westbound side, your delays are solid right at Canal Boulevard. Also look out for delays solid if you're traveling on the 610 on the eastbound side from Elysian Fields to the 10610 merge. Also look out for a stalled, well, stalled vehicle that's just been cleared on the 610 on the eastbound side right at Elysian Fields. Also, in the meantime, look out for delays steady if you're traveling eastbound along the West Bank Expressway and the Crescent City Connection from Stumpf Boulevard to the Camp Street exit. Also, look out for delays solid along the westbound side of the Pontchartrain Expressway from the Claiborne Earhart exit to the St. Charles Carondelet exit. Look out for accidents Almanaster at North Roman, also Canal at South Claiborne, Howard at Carondelet, also Poydras at LaSalle, and Shirley Drive at General de Gaulle. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center. 
Not only does Southern Tire have the largest selection of tires in the metropolitan area, bar none, not only does Southern Tire have the latest diagnostic equipment to keep your, your, uh, your car on the road, but again, if you're a hunter, or again, if you like to go off-road, uh, if you're looking to add more ground clearance, enjoy new terrains, or you want to improve the ride quality and the handling capacity of your car, truck, or SUV, Southern Tire has the answer for you. Their lift kits are, are again, second to none. They're, at Southern Tire, they're the lift and leveling kit experts. If you enjoy going off-road, Southern Tire has the lift kit for your vehicle. Their suspension lift kits will increase ground clearance and the performance of your vehicle. So, again, off, like doing off-road, enjoy hunting, bring your vehicle over to Southern Tire and allow them to, again, to, uh, uh, to uh, install one of their lift kits. Uh, you'll be glad you did. 504-737-1558. Go to southerntire.com. Check out all the service they provide for their customers. And, of course, Southern Tire uh, is, at, uh, is on, in, uh, in Metairie at Hickory and Airline, owned by the Piazza family since 1972, open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6, Saturday from 8 to 3. That's Southern Tire. Hickory and Airline in Metairie. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue, open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Hi, folks. Trust is what Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating is all about. Take it from me, Eric Asher. If your AC ever fails, you can trust Burkhardt to be there quick and get you back up and running. If you need a new AC, trust Burkhardt to treat you with respect to help you save with a fair price and do the job right. As my good friend John Burkhardt always says, trust is the foundation of our business. Just ask our customers. For air conditioning this season, trust Burkhardt. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you. At the United States Postal Service, we're here to deliver fast and reliable service to help you get holiday ready. We offer free package pickup and deliver free shipping supplies to your address. So whether you're in Garland, Texas, Rudolph, Wisconsin, or anywhere in between, we're making it easier for you to spread festive cheer this holiday season. USPS, delivering for America. For all your holiday needs, including info about free shipping supplies, free package pickup availability and restrictions, go to usps.com holidays. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were looking at your phone while driving, let me say it again. Seriously, put down your phone. That is so unsafe. If you didn't do stuff like use your phone while driving, you could save money with Progressive Snapshot. But saving or not, just put it down. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. It's Thursday. So, again, our program is brought to you by the Oceana family of restaurants. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bombo's, the Hideout Bar, and, of course, the Mothership 
Oceanic Grill. Bourbon and Conti in the French Quarter voted top 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. Open seven days a week for you. Home in New Orleans, best breakfast starts at 8 a.m., goes all the way to 1 p.m. each and every weekday. I mean, each and every day, pardon me. And then, of course, lunch service is from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. Dinner is from 4 p.m. until, again, when they close. And that is 1 o'clock, but again, that's when the party ends. Uh, fantastic cocktails by, again, some of the great mixologists we have in New Orleans. And a menu that has something for everyone. Yes, look, we concentrate on the Cajun Creole dishes uh, that are fantastic for lunch and dinner, but again, great breakfast uh, uh, menu for you. And then when you get to the lunch and dinner menus, it is so much more than just Cajun um, uh, Creole dishes. It has really got a menu for something for everyone. Even, again, the most finicky eater in your party will find something they will absolutely love at Oceana Grill. And then, of course, if you want to have your next event, I'm going to tell you right now, what a perfect spot. First of all, your steps off Bourbon Street. You're not that far from Frenchman Street. So, again, five private rooms that can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests. Uh, they use that for dining when, when, they're, when they don't have an event as for an overflow to the restaurant. But when they have an event, it is spectacular. You can even have your next event in their authentic French Quarter courtyard, which is, again, beautiful by day, spectacular by night, and is also, by the way, dog-friendly. Uh, Oceana's family-friendly. Uh, but a perfect for, again, an incredible dining experience with friends. Maybe that's someone special. Maybe trying to close that business deal. Uh, again, think Oceana Grill. Oceana Grill, open seven days a week from 8 a.m. until 1 a.m. Oceanagrill.com is the website where you can check out the entire menu. Uh, find out, again, about catering or having your next event. Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. That's Oceana Grill, open 8 a.m. until 1 a.m. daily. Yeah, you're right. And it's the fantastic. I miss Oceana's breakfast. Absolutely fantastic. The Charles Grilled Oysters, oh, they'll do it right there in front of you. It's fantastic. And, of course, the, uh, the great uh, cocktails uh, that are spectacular. All right, let's... Um, um, before we head to Jordy Collada, just quickly let me let you know a little bit about what's going on with the Saints today. The Saints put Michael Thomas on injury reserve with a um, with a dislocated uh, middle toe. Uh, so, again, he is out. Mark Ingram did not practice today with a knee injury. Marshawn Lattimore is still suffering with the abdomen injury. He did not practice. Jarvis Landry with the ankle was limited. Adam Troutman limited with the, with the ankle. Ryan Ramchak had rest knee. He was limited. Uh, Anya Mata with the thigh was limited. Eric McCoy's shoulder limited. Chris uh, Hansen, knee limited. Those that are limited uh, are expected to, to play with, again, with the exception of, of Landry and Troutman. We hope those guys are back. But to, uh, uh, let's head out to uh, the guest line. I'm telling you right now, folks, if you're not checking out his show every single day, you're missing a great time. Not only is it great information, it's a fun show. And, of course, it's on the digital platforms, uh, on YouTube. And, um, of course, it's called the Jordy Collada Show. Uh, Jordy has taken the digital platform by storm. And, look, it's easy for you because – He's, first of all, he's putting out little excerpts all through the day on his social media uh, platforms, which he does better than anyone. But then, again, it's on YouTube. So if you can't catch him 7 or 9 in the morning, man, catch him on the way home from work or catch him that, at night when you're kind of chilling out. Uh, but, again, don't miss the Jordy Collada show each and every weekday. And Jordy joins us each and every week here on our program. Jordy, how are you, bud? Hey, good to be back. Thanks for having me, man. Jordy, before we get into LSU, we're going to spend a lot of time on LSU on, on this on this um, uh, on this uh, interview today because again, obviously, it's LSU Alabama. Your thoughts on Michael Thomas heading to IR? Well, it's it's so disappointing. You know, it really is. When I saw the news come across, I, I really thought it was I thought it was a gag site. I thought it was a joke, really. You know that that he had been ruled out for the rest of the season. I, I thought that he might miss some extended time, but to see him missing another year while he's under this contract is, is, is so disappointing. And it really, you know, it, it, it shreds all of the value 
that he has that you would able to even get in return if you were to shop him. So, you know, the Saints are in a tough spot with him. And, and you know, as I said, it's it, it's very disappointing that, you know, another year is here and another year the Saints fans will be without his his his, his talent, man. I mean, he he's someone that, that really changes the dynamic of who the Saints are and, you know, really is a, a unique weapon in the NFL. And, you know, when he was active and he was engaged and he was bought in, he was as good as the NFL had. But a lot of time has come and gone since that that season. And, you know, with, with that, you, you wonder how much his game has slipped because of, yes. of, of all the time that he's missed. So um, just really disappointed and, uh, obviously, you know, and, and, and look, I, I, I hope that this really does hurt for Michael Thomas. And, and I'd imagine that it does because of, you know, just what he does for a living and, and not having, you know, I mean, not having that opportunity again. So um, it's just, it's a bad situation for everybody. 10 games in the last 41 is what Ross Jackson told us today. Uh, that's, a, that's a frightening stat. And all of a sudden now, what was once again rewarded for, for again, his great play uh, uh, with, again, the largest contract in the history of the NFL for a wide receiver, that now becomes an albatross around the neck of the Saints because, as you mentioned, he's untradeable because, again, of how much time he's missed. And uh, at this point, uh, again, the dead money because of all the restructuring uh, has put them in a position where they, they can do nothing but hold on to him at this point. Even if they were to do an injury settlement and move off, the dead money would crush them. So pretty much they got to hope that, again, he gets better, that he can play some next year, and then maybe if you want to try to trade him the following year or whatever. Uh, it's just it's really been a, a tough situation uh, for the Saints to have one of their well, – the, the, again, the highest-paid Saint not available week to week. Oof, it's just you know even more brutal to say out loud of, of what you miss and um, you know what, what, what has just not been there. And, uh, you know, the Saints at some point – we're going to have to pay the piper on all these moves that they were waiting, you know, they were making for the win now mode that they've been in. And, and you were hoping that Mike Thomas could, you know, be a part of, of, of the reason why you should be able to make it through that time period. But uh, he's turned out to be more of a, a nuisance than, than, than an aid for, for the saints when it comes to the, you know, the, the, the physical, uh, you know, the ramifications from on the yep. field and then the fiscal you know, ramifications that yeah. he's out of the books. True. No, no doubt about it. Uh, Saints played really well, their best game of the season last week. Uh, Jordy, what's your take? Is this something that's sustainable, or is that, is that, is that a one-off? Uh, look, I, I think that it was good to see some, some, some uh, execution from, from the offense, obviously. Kamara getting going was really cool to see. I mean, you've kind of been waiting on that. But you know, I, I don't. I don't know if the Saints necessarily are built to sustain right now. You know, I mean, it was really good to see Peyton Turner having the Sunday that he had. Hopefully, that can turn into some consistent play. But you know, I mean, they 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 just don't have they don't have the depth. They don't have the the the, the young talent that you look for that that says the future is is secure, especially at key positions. And while I believe that both Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston are you know, solid quarterbacks in the NFL, you, you, your opportunity to win with them at an elite level, to me, just doesn't feel like it's there. You know, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, very, very good, serviceable quarterbacks in the league, but, 
you know, I mean, Eric, you and I, have, in, in uh, the majority of our listeners, we've seen enough football to know that look, there, there's only about seven or eight guys on the planet that can really run that, that position at a, at a high level that can win championships. And it, it just doesn't feel like Dalton and Winston are those guys that, that the franchise can build around. So uh, w- when you're lost at that position, or at least you're, 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 you're insecure at that position, it's a real tough spot to be in um, as far as trying to build a winner. Yeah. Let's talk at LSU, Alabama. First of all, can I find a weatherman that can tell me whether it's going to rain in Tiger Stadium on Saturday night or not? Because no, everyone is noncommittal down here in New Orleans. What are they saying about Rouge? Same thing. I think, you know, on Monday it was a 95% chance of rain on Saturday night. As we get closer here now, all these weather people are, are, are kind of bailing and, and getting to that 50-50 spot. You know, I mean, nobody wants to really tell you the truth of what's going to happen. I think they're going to be okay. You know, I think that We've watched some national weather and some weather, you know, uh, some of the, 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 the more dependable services. And, um, you know, I, I think that there should be some rain on Saturday morning, which, you know, I mean, that kind of that, that, that's that's not cool just because of how beautiful the weather has been the past couple of Saturdays. But uh, I think that they'll be OK come Saturday evening in Baton Rouge. And I don't expect the weather to really have a true impact on the game. Uh, you know, come Saturday night, I, I really think that this atmosphere and environment is going to be you know, something that, 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 that's great. You know I mean? I think that we've seen it before when Alabama has been in town and I don't mm-hmm. expect anything less with them coming in here on Saturday night with, uh, you know, Brian Kelly's first attempt here with LSU's coach. They've had two weeks to prepare uh, for Alabama. That's Brian Kelly's first foray, foray into that. Um, how do you think, what do you think the game plan is? And I'm excited to see, you know, what he's been able to do over the last two weeks after studying Alabama and how he's going to approach the, this team in terms of a game plan on offensive defense. I agree. I think this is the first time since Saban has been at Alabama where, you know, the coaching, um, you know, matchup is, is more on even footing, right? I mean, Alabama has had such an enormous advantage on the sideline for the majority of this matchup. Uh, that, that, you know, I mean, we've, we, we've seen so many, um, you know, fake field goals, onside kicks. I mean, LSU felt like they were trying to do it with smoke and mirrors. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I look forward to seeing, um, you know, some of the things that Brian Kelly has seen on film that has jumped out to him that, that, that feels like he can, he can coach against Alabama with. You know, I, I think that LSU is going to have to put an emphasis on stopping a run. And I think that, you know, I mean, Kelly spoke today at his, SEC media teleconference and, um, you know, said that they, they have found a way to put B.J. O'Jolari and Harold Perkins on the field at the same time in their base package. And, you know, I think that that's, that, that's a really good sign uh, as far as, you know, finding your best 11 and being able to put those guys out there. Uh, and, and then offensively, I think that, you know, I mean, you, you've, seen some, you, you've seen some things that work, whether it was Steve Sarkeesian in Texas showing you a, a blueprint of, of, of where you can get Alabama, uh, Alabama vulnerable, or it was, you know, Tennessee Hendon Hooker and that, that offense, you know, kind of doing the same thing just with, with, with better players and, and, and a really skilled quarterback. You know, LSU's got the game breakers, I believe, to put pressure on Alabama's defense. I think that they can score with them if, if, if LSU continues to roll offensively like they have been with the confidence that they've been playing with. So, you know, I, I, I'd imagine that, you know, that, uh, this is going to be a competitive four-quarter game, you know, going into Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night, and I don't think there's any more you could ask for, you know, going into it. You're hoping they learn something from Tennessee. 
you, you can't shoot yourself in the foot early. You've you got to be on an even playing field with, again, these top teams. And, uh, you know, again, although Tennessee looked, uh, looked like, again, a, a tough opponent to be able to beat, Alabama, to me, and, again, look, they're a talented team. I don't want to discount them. I'm not trying, trying to talk the tie down. But, but again, I, I think LSU can play with them if they can play some mistake-free football. Now, a lot of it's going to be, again, how you can control Bryce Young. I, I've been talking about Harold Perkins all week, maybe spying him. What do you think the recipe for success is going to be defensively to, to, to at least try to be able to contain uh, Young? I, I really think that they're 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 going to use some type of spy technique and 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 shadow him and try to hit him early. I, you know, I mean, we mentioned Harold Perkins. I think this is a perfect assign, uh, you know assignment for the freshman. He's really shown that he's got a knack in the, in the middle of the field of being able to close and tackle and you know being able to get guys to the ground. And I think that Young, you know, look, he's he's the X factor of this entire game. At, at no point during Saban's tenure has he ever put so much on the quarterback position like he does with Bryce Young here, uh, you know, coming in on Saturday. And, you know, Young's got the capability, like he showed at Texas, that he can't, you know, he can beat you with more than his arm. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's athletic enough to, to beat you on the ground. And, he's, uh, you know, he, he keeps you honest enough where you, you got to keep an eye on him uh, to make sure that he doesn't take off and run. So, you know, I think that a combination of, of some type of blitzes, some type of pressure hitting him, uh, along with Harold Perkins, the talented freshman who's really athletic, you know, keeping an eye on him and a spy concept, I think is something that we might be watching out for uh, as far as Matt House going into this game with his first matchup against the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, Jaden Daniels has been spectacular for this team. He's been the guy, you know, the engine that has really got this offense going. But you know that Nick Saban's going to try to take away what Jaden Daniels does well. How do you think that the, the Tigers adjust? I think that they're going to get the ball out of his hand quick. He, I think that one thing that Steve Sarkeesian showed, and, and he did it with two quarterbacks that day, Quinn Ewers came out on fire. He got knocked out of the game. They had to go to the backup, but the plan never changed. And that was, you know, look, don't, don't leave your offensive line vulnerable. And Will Campbell, Emory Jones going up against guys like Will Anderson and Dallas Turner is a huge mismatch against true freshmen. You want to keep as much pressure off of those guys as possible. And I think, you know, quick – time screen um, you know like check down uh, type type concepts of just uh, being able to get one-on-one play in space and allow playmakers to play with the ball in their hands is something that I think LSU will continue to try to do especially early on that can get Jaden Daniels into a you know into a pace and into a rhythm that he feels comfortable I think that he's playing with with, with as much confidence as as you could ask for going into this game uh, he's doing a lot of things from a standpoint of playing the position well from a balanced attack. He's confident running it. He's confident throwing it. He's spreading the ball around. He's trusting what he's looking at. You know, I don't think that he's seen anything fast, as fast and as athletic as he'll see on Saturday night. But, you know, I think that he's, he's ready for the moment. You know, this will be something that, um, you know, this will be the biggest game that he's played in as far as the athletes on the field go. Uh, but right now he feels like he's one of those guys that, that, that's at the top of the list. So I imagine him to, to step in and, 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 you know, understand that LSU's mm-hmm. got an advantage with the, the, the guys on the outside and get them the ball and, um, you know, continue to, to, to get this offense into a rhythm. Jordy, got 30 seconds left. Who do you like on Saturday night? 
you know, I like the Tide. I think that LSU's right there. Like I said, I think it'll be a four-quarter game but I think that Alabama, you know, they're just too talented from a roster standpoint. They've just got a couple of guys at key positions, including the quarterback spot, that just make differences in the game. And I think Alabama wins in a close one, 37-34, 31-28, that type of number. And, of course, tell everybody about your fantastic show and how folks can follow you on social media. Yeah, easy to do that at Colada Show. You can find us all over wherever you search social media, whatever platform you're on. But on YouTube, we're there every day at Jordy Colada Show, uh, seven to nine a.m. Uh, and you can catch us all throughout uh, all throughout the day. As, uh, as we say, you can go there and find the on-demand spots uh, from uh, from past shows. I'll just say right now, if you're not watching this show on a daily basis, you're missing out. Always appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. Good to talk to you, man. You got it, bud. We'll check in next week. That's uh, Jordy Collada, Jordy Collada Show. Make that uh, part of your um, your viewing and listening uh, um, uh, um, habits uh, each and every week. All right. Don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Even again, after hours, they're ready for you, okay? They got a Burkhardt employee answering the phone, dispatching a Burkhardt truck out to your home. It doesn't matter where you live. North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call, only doing the work that's necessary. Nate certified technicians. You'll never do better than Burkhardt. The peace of mind of knowing that you'll never be cheated, gouged, and, of course, they want you to be a customer for life. It's Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating through the company can trust. That's acpromise.com, acpromise.com. You're listening to Inside New Orleans, brought to you by the Oceana family of restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun Gannon Restaurant, and the Hideout Bar. All open seven days a week. All are open late. And, of course, all are serving a fantastic menu and great cocktails. Get out there and enjoy a meal and a few cocktails at the Oceana family of restaurants. We'll be right back. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Mambo's. 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Hey. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory, Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code IMPACT at checkout. That's harrys.com, code IMPACT. Enjoy! 
Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Suburban Roofing and Siding, 861 Roof, locally owned and operated, fully licensed and insured, has been re-roofing South Louisiana for over a decade. Suburban Roofing is one of only 6% of roofing contractors nationwide, certified by shingle manufacturers. My good friend Marty Scoggins is honest and reliable and stands behind all of Suburban Roofing's quality workmanship. Suburban Roofing skilled crews are experts in all types of roofs. Trust a Louisiana company with local referrals, not a storm chaser with your re-roofing needs. Don't sign that contract till you call Suburban Roofing and Siding at 861 Roof. That's 861 76 All right, welcome back. I want to thank uh, our guests today, um, uh, Gary Smith, Ross Jackson, Ali Cassell, and also Jordy Collada. I want to thank Rudy back at studio producing the program. All the great sponsors sponsor our program, uh, including our friends at the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, the Hideout Bar. First of all, fantastic restaurants, great menus for you, great cocktails, and, and, and then, of course, the ambiance, second to none. And, of course, they're open late for you every single night, seven days a week. Get out there and enjoy a meal and some cocktails at one of the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Hey, coming up next, there's an abbreviated version of the Life Resources Bottom Line Sports Hour uh, with Michael Green and Ken Trahan. That'll lead right into De La Salle, Booker T. Washington, right here on 106.1 FM. So keep it right here again this evening for, again, some great high school football with, of course, the fantastic and, 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 uh, uh, and great uh, uh, De La Salle Cavaliers. Uh, um, of course, um, uh, as always, we appreciate you guys checking out the program. Don't forget uh, on WLAE-TV. Uh, straight up 6 o'clock, it'll be uh, the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports, Richie Mills, of WGNO TV and also Carlin Gill and the Fox 8 were my guests today, and they did a great job. High school football, uh, Saints, LSU, Tulane, Pelicans, and even UNO football all on tap on the award winning Inside New Orleans Sports uh, coming up on WLA TV. All right, folks, it's been a blast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tomorrow's the William Grant family to still Friday extravaganza. Can't wait. Get you ready for the weekend. Uh, stick, stick around right here on 106.1 FM. Uh, for some great talk and also high school football. And as always, I appreciate each and every one of you supporting the sponsor, sponsor our program. And, of course, again, also checking us out. Thanks to those sponsors. Thanks to you. My name is Eric Kasher. Have a wonderful evening. From the dog catch to the governor. That includes the mayor. They all got to go. Without a fight, better know that right.